Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of the Flyered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. And there has been a lot of news lately in the National Hockey League. But let's first start with the Philadelphia Flyers. A lot of players are returning to the to the skate zone in Voorhees to return for practices. We're still in this phase two situation, so practice facilities can open up and players can come in a little bit at a time to start practicing. So we got a lot of Flyers players that are back in Voorhees practicing. Players like Joel Farabee, Sean Couturier, Nicholas Albe-Kubel, Ivan Provorov, Alex Lyon. There's a lot of players from the Flyers that are practicing there. And it's it's getting exciting to see that we're getting closer and closer to Phase 3 starting on July 10th. And we're, we're not even that far away. It's more like a couple of weeks away from Phase 3 started where training camps can start to open up for the rest of the NHL. And that's very exciting to see. And Chris, just seeing... Players returning little by little. Like, how much more does that make you excited about getting closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs? Very. <laughs> it, it, like, it, it was so funny because you sent me that. Uh, you texted me and you said the NHL is July 30th. And I literally started tearing up. <laughs> literally started tearing up. I was like, oh, yes. Like, this is just great. Because, uh, to be honest with you, it was earlier than I expected. Um, I was honestly thinking like a late August, early September, not July 30th. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, obviously it's kind of really, it's really August at that point, but you get my point. Yeah. Um, it was just like, I was like, damn, all right, well, that's good. I mean, at least I have a, uh, a plan and we'll see how it goes. That's definitely like, and talk about July 30th. It what I wouldn't say it's officially that's like the, the the date that's hovering around there right now. Like it's still, I would say it's still in the to be determined phase. But at least we got maybe somewhat of a date that could be official. So it was recently announced a couple of days ago, and reported on that the NHL can possibly return July 30th. That was saw I saw that through Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report was the main thing that was posting that that the NHL is going to be set to return on July 30th, which would be the start time for phase four when the qualifying rounds can start and also the round robin tournament. So like, honestly, that's most likely still going to be up in the air until we get like some type of official statement from the national hockey league, because you know, with the whole situation with COVID-19, that's definitely going to hold that off a little bit until we start getting more players develop more players back into their training camp facilities. And then we, until we finally get the confirmation of what the hub cities are going to be the two, specifically and like there's there's still hub cities that are most likely going to be probably one of them i heard vegas is most likely going to be one of the hub cities for the qualifying well the entire playoffs specifically and then the canadian government they have proved that canada can get a hub city possibly if the nhl decides to have one of them in canada i've heard vancouver could possibly one of them edmonton could possibly one of them even toronto has come up in the news recently of possibly being one of those hub cities and we, it's honestly a possibility that we can get two hub cities on the western coast rather than like one east, one west. There's like a possibility that two can be on the western coast of Canada and the United States, which would honestly be a little bit of a weird thing thinking about like when you have games that are having, having to be played, you got to schedule it according to the eastern time zone. So like if you want a game that's set for what, what like one o'clock and you're having it in a hub city. So you want to have what, like three games that day you want like a one o'clock game in the Eastern time zone, maybe like a four o'clock game, a seven o'clock game. So that one o'clock game on the, in the East would be 10 o'clock AM on the West. So that'll just be honestly weird if they do it in two Western on the Western side. And it's just, I don't, I don't know how that would be properly adjusted because I don't think players are going to be used to or going to get into the use of playing games at 10 in the morning, which is weird because you really don't see that in the NHL anymore. The earliest you'll probably see is 12:30 in the afternoon, not yeah. 10 in the morning. I mean, by memory, I think the earliest Flyers game I might have been at was 11 a.m. start and it was in I think 2014. I think it was like a it was either I think it was like a one of the Thanksgiving um it was like oh, the, the Black to... Friday. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. It? Black Friday. Sorry, I completely lost lost thought. Um, well, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. So yeah, basically. Um, but it, it was like 11 a.m. Like Black Friday. I think that might have been the start of the game. I don't know why. It was either like a. It was a weird start, and I think it might have been 
because there was either a concert or the Sixers played that night, and I think they played at like five. It might I, have been I, that situation where yeah, because I knew like with like when Flyers and Sixers play on similar nights, the Flyers normally get the afternoon time and the Sixers will usually get the the nighttime version of the game. I'm not sure why the times were 11 a.m. 5 p.m. That's just odd, but I guess it's like eh, they just went with it and it happened. But I don't, yeah, like that's I mean, just a weird starting time now. It is because it was kind of weird, like getting to the game. I mean, it was like 9 a.m. and it was like kind of weird because we were like I was with like a buddy that I know um, who lives like outside of Pittsburgh and stuff who who came all the way out. Um, and then he actually had a friend that uh, was born in Sweden that came over and went to the game, and he was living with them because they played hockey on the same same college team and stuff. So it was kind of just like really like just like a whole mess because it was just like the weird time and everything and he was i think at the that day he was going to the sixers game as well so he was just like staying at both uh you know at st- basically like staying downtown and then just going to the game because i think the flyers game ended around like one thirty, two o'clock so it was just kind of like a weird time and then it was just like you really have the whole day to yourself then yeah basically like i like i've never done that before because it like for a Flyers game then a Sixers game like on the same day that that like like even though it's not directly the same thing it kind of feels like because I remember like like years ago like when I would always have tickets for the Phillies game and like when back then when they actually played double headers after a game got rained out like you would always have that those that one ticket for the game at night and the ticket you had for the previous night and you could just stay there the entire day like that was fun when Phillies when baseball actually had double headers and you could just stay at the ballpark the entire day. That that was a fun day when you had one game in the afternoon and then the game at night. That like that, yeah, that, that was I, a fun time. I've never been to a double header. I would love to go to one, but I know there there was one time where me and my dad, um, it was like my whole family, and I mean like literally my whole family, like my aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. There might have been around like maybe fifteen, twenty, maybe twenty five of us. And uh, it was a rain delay, so and then the game ended up getting canceled. Now this is a while ago. I might have been like four or five, maybe six when this happened. Um, and basically, I'm gonna. You probably know this, and you know anyone else listening to this that's probably been to a Phillies game that got rained out and canceled. Like if there's a game that gets canceled, you can use those tickets for other games and just pick. Yep. So me and my dad, I think, ended up going to, I think, like, 16 games that season, just, like, at random seats, just, like, whenever. Um, and that, that was honestly, like, the most uh, I've been. I think that was the 2007 season, so the first time they made the playoffs since 93. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was just, like, I, I, don't, I remember none of it. As I said, I was, I was born in 03, so I was around four or five um, at the time. But that was just, that was one of the craziest things, because my dad tells me about it all the time. Um, which it, it, it's pretty cool, but I would love to go to a doubleheader. I've never been to one before. Yeah, they're really fun. I, like the last time I was at like a game that was a doubleheader, like I, I wasn't able to stay at both of them. So it was like, I forget how many there's, maybe it had to be like maybe two or three years ago. The Phillies were playing the White Sox. And like, I know in today's game, the MLB doesn't do doubleheaders a lot like they used to. But back like th- like those couple of years ago, they were doing a doubleheader on that series because it was the Phillies versus the White Sox. It was interleague play, and the National League doesn't play the American League that much, so they had to do the doubleheader on that weekend. I think it was a Saturday night. It was a fireworks show in July, so it was weird because, of course, that I think the game started at maybe 7, 8 o'clock because of the doubleheader time, and it, of course that game went into extra innings. It went, I think, until the 14th inning, Jeez. and it last, it, we stayed there the entire time, me and my dad. And it, the game, I think, ended around like maybe one, two, eight, and two in the morning, and they still did the fireworks. So it was like, wow. oh, th- this is the latest game I've ever been to, and I'm still getting a fireworks show. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think the latest game I ever went to, it wasn't actually at home. I went to Fenway um, in 2018, and this is the, I believe, the first or second season of Gabe Kapler. I can't remember, but this oh, is like. You may remember this, but in May of that time, like they were in first for like a game and then lost. And the game that they actually were in first, I was there and then they lost that game, so they were out of first. So like but but anyway, like they were ha- they were playing good and then they kind of just sucked. But it was a season before they got Bryce Harper and everybody else. Oof, so don't, don't tell me about Gabe <laughs> Kapler, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically it was thirteen innings and they were playing good there up one nothing. 
and then I can't remember. Oh, it was Adubo Herrera. He uh, made an error in center field in like the bottom of, or like the bottom or top of the eighth. I can't remember. Um, and they scored, and then Brock Holt hit like a solo home run in the thirteenth that like just went over the wall. Um, and that kind of sucked because I had some guy sit next to me the whole time talking about Tom Brady's five rings and everything else. And oh god, uh, and me and my dad met these two guys from Boston. It it, it, it was pretty fun. Um, they were kind of two schmucks, but it was a good <laughs> night. And uh, yeah, because I was up there for a hockey tournament, and it was funny because when we were looking at it, and it was just out of like common courtesy that the Phillies played like the exact same weekend we were there. I I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but that's probably I think that's yeah that's really the only. Um, that's like the longest game I've really ever been to, uh, for the Phils. Yeah, that's honest. Like that's one of my goals to go to Fenway Park. But it's also funny when you talk about the the Boston fans that are just like trolling you there with the Tom Brady. Like the rivalry between Philadelphia and Boston is just oh. it's, it's 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 fun to listen to. Yeah, specifically with like with the Sixers and the Celtics and the Eagles and the Patriots. And oh. Sometimes it's the Flyers and the Bruins too because mm-hmm. of the whole history with those two teams. But this those these two cities have a lot of history with each other. Philly has a lot of rivalries with many different cities. Yeah, yeah. I do. The, you got the Philadelphia and Boston, Philadelphia and New York mainly. Like those are the two ones. Like in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh with the uh, Flyers and the Penguins. There's a lot of rivalries with a lot of teams in this city with other different cities. And yeah, it's mainly Boston and New York, though. Yeah, and 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 it's funny too. Like like when you think of Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, you think literally Flyers, Penguins. That's it. Yes. Like the Pirates and Phillies aren't really rivals, and the Steelers and Eagles really aren't rivals. Because they're not in the same divisions, um, they're not the, in the same conference either. Yeah, I mean the uh, the Steelers aren't they in the AFC? Yes, they're in the AFC. Yeah, and the Eagles are in the NFC. So it's just like, like I guess that might be why. I mean, the Flyers and Penguins are in the same division. But that would make up for a great Super Bowl matchup, though. Eagles versus Steelers, the Battle of Pennsylvania in the Super think, Bowl. That think, that would be amazing. I think the Eagles would win that. <laughs> I, I I would love for the Eagles to win that. Yeah. <laughs> that, nice. that would be nice. The Battle of Pennsylvania is always nice, but moving off of these nice old memories. To, but there, there's still some good news, like when we're talking about the NHL possibly coming back July 30th, that's still not fully in the works right now. It's not officially announced, but that's the name. That's the date that's coming up more and more in reports. So we're just going to see as the days go by. But also some news on the Seattle team that's coming into the NHL in the next few seasons. So we still don't know whatever the hell this name, this team's name's going to be because the, the, the team is just so reluctant to release what it's going to be. So there have been reports out there that we could see a name reveal, a logo reveal, and a jersey reveal possibly sometime in October, which would be nice because I would like to know what the hell the name this Seattle team is because if their jersey, their stuff looks nice, maybe I will go out and buy a jersey. <laughs> DH Gate, you're going to be calling them up. Uh, maybe DH Gate. Maybe I actually spend some money on NHL.com to get an authentic jersey. I have no idea. I've never bought an authentic jersey. Never. I, Every I, jersey I have is fake. It, <laughs> I, that's definitely understandable. Why? Because the, the outrageous prices. I'm not paying like $280 for a jersey. I'm sorry. That's like... completely understandable. But like when Vegas came into the league, this wasn't like exactly around the time they came. Like this was when they were in the. I think this was like right before the finals against Washington or after the finals against Washington. I was debating on like what jersey to get because I usually get, I used to usually get, but like a jersey of the team that was one of the, like that was in the finals. I wasn't going to get a Washington jersey because I already have a Ovechkin jersey. So I was like, hey, I'll get a Vegas jersey. I got, I went, I got the white jersey and put my name on it and it came and it looked amazing. I love the Adidas authentic jerseys, but I just want to see what the Seattle team is going to be. Are they going to be the totems? Are they going to be something different The cracking whatever? There's a lot of funny names out there that I'm not going to say on this podcast because they involve some <laughs> curse words, but totems. I've never heard that. That was, I, I'm not sure which team, because I know the Thunderbirds, that's was one of the teams. I know the totems are one of the more popular names out there. I know the Kraken's one of the more popular names out there, the sockeye. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure, but I know like the, I remember going on the Seattle website and like the colors were like, it was like a, was it like a red, like what was it like red, black and something or was it red, red teal and white, Yeah, red, teal and white. So it's like, it's not this typical Seattle colors of the white, blue and teal. So they're going something completely off from the colors because I know they did a poll 
thinking about like what do the fans want the colors of this team to be the traditional Seattle colors like the Seahawks and the Mariners or go something completely different and a lot of people chose go completely different we want to see something original so that's what I'm assuming Seattle's going to go with for this hockey team that's gonna be nice hopefully if they ever reveal this jersey this logo this name hopefully that's in October at what it's reporting and also the the uh, the the arena that they're built will renovating out there in Seattle that got delayed an extra seventy five days, most likely due to COVID nineteen. So the arena they're building, the renovation of the building got delayed seventy five days. But it's gonna be nice when just to see the expansion draft coming in, in the next year and a half when the team finally comes into play. But who knows with the whole situation right now, like how the league's gonna be shaping up the next few seasons because. Like without with this whole COVID situation going on, th- there's never going to be a normal in sports for probably like I would say at least two to four seasons. There's never yeah. going to be like a normal schedule anymore. No, and and there's never going to be a normal uh, fan experience either. There and, isn't. And like like this is literally going to be our lives for maybe like two three years, at least. Maybe even longer. Ma- yeah, maybe even longer. It's it's gonna be, it's gonna be weird. I would, it's definitely going to be weird, specifically like what, what the NBA is doing right now, when they're going to be coming back and finishing off a little bit of their season, then going into the playoffs. The NHL going right into the Stanley Cup playoffs. The MLB, I have no idea what the hell they're doing because the owners and the MLB Players Association can't come to an agreement, which honestly annoys me. But yeah, hey, it annoys everybody. It, it, does, no it does annoy everybody. And really, really, no idea what's happening with the NFL right now. I know they're saying they can go back to training camps. And there's a lot of news with college football. A lot of players that are back in their training facilities are testing positive for COVID. So who knows if there's a possibility that college sports could be canceled for next season, specifically college football and basketball. So sports are going to be in a weird shape landscape in the next for the next like few seasons. Like we said, there's never going to be a normal for a while. There's just I mean, like honestly, like just think about it. Could you imagine having to go to a Flyers game wearing a mask? I honestly, <laughs> like, it needs, it'd be a weird, but I can imagine that honestly. Like, but, but my thing is, is like, who's gonna invite that role? No one. Exactly. Like, no if they do that, are they gonna sell food? Are they gonna do anything? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I can and, definitely. And that's the that. thing. Like, you'd have to take it off to eat, to you know, you know, drink and all that stuff. Yep. And like the bathrooms and everything. Like, what the hell are they gonna do? There's no way fans are gonna be able to go for a couple of years. There's definitely, like, maybe, maybe, like, in the next few seasons or so. You could possibly see like, oh, uh, we let in like a few fans at a time, or maybe like a few, like a few certain amount of fans, like during the games or something like that. It like like twenty five percent capacity, maybe like something like that. It like slowly increases, maybe like season after season, or maybe like even so after so many amount of games. Like if the COVID nineteen like total start to drop, like like right now I know like the hot spots in the country is Florida, and well speaking of Florida right now. So there's a lot of sports teams that are practicing in Florida that have been had a lot of members tested positive for COVID-19. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, for instance, they've had five members of their organization test positive for COVID. The team came out with this. So it's three players, two staff member. Their names are not released, but they have tested positive for COVID-19 and their training facilities have shut down for the quarantine. And, And those players and those staff members have been put in quarantine. Also, the situation with the Philadelphia Phillies. Eight players of the organization practicing down in Clearwater have tested positive for COVID-19, and they shut down their facilities. I think also the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't think there was any confirmation of players having it or staff member having it, but I think they were showing symptoms, so they shut down their training facilities just to be safe. So, And Florida is a major hotspot right now. It's, it's crazy how bad it is in Florida. And mm-hmm. just like it makes me wonder, like, the NBA is going down to Disney World. That's where they're going to play their games. And Florida is one of the biggest hotspots in the country. And especially so, basketball, too, being, like, on top of each other, breathing all over each other and everything. There's Like, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked, surprised, whatever, in, in, in the first week if there's, like, maybe over, like, 20, 30 cases. Maybe. Honestly. Like that's that's what's going to happen like in these processes. Like so and also like in regards to what happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning and all these other teams, there was reports that shaped out like like I would say maybe like a little bit after that that Austin Matthews of the Tr- the Toronto Maple Leafs was tested positive for COVID-19. And this is where 
I'm going to rant a little because this the process right like I told I know I told Chris already I'm going to rant about this because this whole situation with Austin Matthews and his report being put out to the public has been bothering me a lot. So yesterday, Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun, he's the sports columnist for that newspaper. He put a report out there in an article that Austin Matthews was tested positive for COVID-19. And in this article, he said he had two sources, NHL sources that said that Austin Matthews had COVID-19. He's quarantined back at home in Phoenix and some also stuffed other to with Frederick Anderson, but he was not tested positive for the virus. But the whole problem with this situation with me for the, with the whole Austin Matthews thing is that no, nothing came out about Austin Matthews. There was no statement by the team. There was no statement by his agent. And there was no statement by Austin Matthews himself or even his family that he was dealing with COVID-19. And the articles, I have two NHL sources that say Austin Matthews has COVID-19. One, the, the main problem is that you're leaking personal, you're reporting on personal information that should not be reported because Austin Matthews has the right to his privacy. Two, there was no statement made at all. There was no statement by the team, no statement by Austin Matthews, nothing by his agent, nothing by his family. So in that whole situation right there, that is terrible journalism. You don't report on information that hasn't been officially came out, that hasn't officially come out by any, any official source. Nothing. Yeah. And I that, completely agree with you. And that whole situation bothers me because you're invading his privacy, first of all, because Austin Matthews, what if he didn't want this information leaked to the public? And also, what Steve Simmons doing right there, he said he got it from two NHL sources. What if these sources say, don't report this to the public? And don't who report are this the sources? All? It just said two NHL sources. That that's was all. what I'm, yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, you're going to report something and the source is what? <laughs> if anything, and, this could this could be a rumor. You don't know. And, I mean, I mean, now, obviously not, you know, it being, you know, verified and all that stuff. But even still, it shouldn't have been reported in the first place. It should not have. And the problem is that, like, what if these sources told you don't report on this? And he goes out and reports on it regardless. And then you lose credit with those sources right there because it, they're saying, hey, I told you not to report on this. Mm-hmm. I was just giving you the information for possibly this might be a thing. And it's just that this is the type of reporting where you want to be the first to break the news. This is that type of reporting where I do not agree with. No. If you, if you want to be that first one to break the news because you're going to get the most views on that article, whatever, whatever. It's just that it's it's wrong. You're invading the privacy of Austin Matthews and you're you're saying you got it from sources when no one has came out and made it official. Like I said, nothing from the team, nothing from Austin Matthews, nothing just nothing from Austin Matthews related. And like not even a teammate, and a teammate's not going to release that public information because they want to no. let him keep his privacy. The only teammate I could think of would be Frederick Anderson because he was with him, and why would he do that? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Why would Frederick Anderson do that? Yeah, and that's the thing because they said that uh, Anderson um, is was in Arizona, but now he's not, uh, and they said he tested negative. So that was even reported as well. Yeah, it's it's just, it's just a whole mess. Um, it is a whole mess. And I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it either. And Steve Simmons, like like after I think this was today, actually, he can't he comes out saying it's been reported, it's been verified. Why are many people of the media being so quiet on this Austin Matthews situation? It's like it's like it's happened to Ezekiel Elliott, and no one's ignoring that story, but people want to keep the privacy of Austin Matthews. One, the situation with Ezekiel Elliott, his agent came out and and confirmed that he had COVID that that's when you can report on it. When someone officially from the side of a player confirms something, then you can report on it. It's like saying if, what if no one can, what if no one from the flyers confirmed that Oscar Lindblom had cancer and someone from the Philadelphia media went out and reported on it because he said he had sources linking Mm -hmm. that Oscar Lindblom had cancer. Yeah. That is terrible reporting. You're leaking personal information from Oscar Lindblom that he probably didn't want out in the public. Maybe the Flyers didn't want out in the public, but yeah. the Flyers came out. They made a statement that Oscar Lindblom was diagnosed with cancer, and then people were starting to report on it. This is the type of reporting 
that I don't understand. This is the type of reporting that you just want to be the first one to report on it. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between being first and being right. Yes. And and the thing is that, you know, there's obvious, and and that can really be used at anything because that could be used even with us right now talking. There's a difference between us being, oh, let's get a show out quick or let's take our time, review everything, make sure we know what we're talking about, make sure we know what we're talking about is correct and true and not a rumor and then report. See, that's different. Now, Amadeo, I've told you this many times. I don't report rumors. We don't report rumors. I no. for a, every video that I make, I wait until either one of the main beats from the Flyers, uh, Jordan Hall, Sam Carcitti, Bill Meltz, or someone along those lines reports something and reports it. Or if the Flyers themselves see something, if it's say now one thing that comes to mind isn't obviously isn't as personal and severe as this, but it was when the Flyers were uh, intending to hire Michelle Terrian as assistant coach back, I believe, in last April uh, or March, and it was it was just rumored. And then the next the, the it was rumored that night, I believe, it was a Thursday, and then that Friday they announced that it, the Flyers announced that it was official. That was when I made my video. I, I didn't want to. I don't report rumors. That's the thing. I, I just wait until. It's official, and then I figure out all that stuff and then do my business where it needs to be done. But the thing is is that you have to wait until a certain time so that you can just, you know, just pounce on in and just report anything like it's like it's nothing. And for Steve Simmons to make it like that, he's going to sit here and say that it's, you know, it's been verified and, 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 and all this stuff. It's just like he really has no sympathy for Matthews, his family, you know, and, and anything like that. I mean, he literally could lose his job over this. He could. He could. He definitely could. But I mean, he's probably not going to. No, he probably won't. Or, or you know, and it's th- this has been all over Twitter too about you know someone commented something about the Leafs uh, revoking his press pass, which I don't really see that happening either. But it it probably should. Um, I just don't get it. It, it just makes no sense. Uh, and Amadeo, I don't know if you've seen this, but the hockey guy did a great video on this. Uh, not this, um, not this story of Matthews. Um, actually, I think it might have been Matthews. I can't. I can't remember. It was uh, the the other day. Um, but he made the video talking about things that he doesn't understand about the media. If you haven't seen it, I have um, seen it. Yeah, very good video, and he's right. He really is. He, he is a hundred percent right. He is, and. This right here is part of the reason why I don't want to work in the media, but I'm not like, you know, like, uh, I guess you could say worried. Like, I'm not worried about this because this stuff happens all the time because the thing is, is like, it's not something that people forget. And that's why I don't want to work in the media field, but I do at the same time because it's a lot of enjoyment. I've, you know, and I, and obviously we all know the reasons why, um, it's, it's a mess it really is it it is one gigantic mess and like just like how for how bad like reporting on this without like the official like statement from anything related to austin matthews it's the the events that spiral because of that it's the the stuff from the general public of social media reacting to austin matthews being reported with COVID 19 because it's it's always two different sides. It's one extremist side saying like, oh, cancel the league immediately. Take COVID-19 serious NHL. And then you get the other side, the other extremist side that said they're going to play regardless of COVID-19. Don't shut the league down. We need hockey. And there's never that one. Like it, there's never like, there's never going to be a situation where they meet in the middle. It's, it's just not going to happen. But like. Like, even though, like, the both sides, they have their arguments, and yes, like, I can understand players are going out there, they're putting themselves at risk because they're going back and playing the league. But there's one situation, like, with every league in general, every league, if they were to shut down the league, every league is going to lose money. That, like, during this whole situation, leagues are losing money regardless. Look at what's happening with Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Every, every single year, Major League Baseball is going on a steady decline. Their attendance is going down, their ratings are going down. If if Major League Baseball were to cancel the rest of the season and not play this year, that's going to be terrible for baseball in general. That is going to be completely terrible. They're going to lose a lot of their fan base. Remember, like back in the strike of '94, that hurt a lot of Major League Baseball fans and didn't bring them back to the sport. And now you're t- we're talking about possibly canceling the season right here. That's going to hurt a lot of fans right there. It that's is. Going take, it's going to take a lot of fans away. And then the NHL. The NHL is. N- 
not near the top sport in the country at all in the United no, States. No, no, it's close. not. It's and, not in the world. Soccer is in the world. The United States, hell no. Yes, and that's why saving this season is really important for the NHL because, one, they have the CBA contract that ends after the next season, and then you also got the new TV contract deal that's going to end, well, the, the TV contract deal they have right now at NBC that's going to end after next season. So this is an important time for the National Hockey League to, you know, not cancel their season because, one, they need to make revenue. Two, they need to make sure they can get that new TV contract so they can make more money. And, like, in the end, yes, this all does come out to – it's a business. It's money. They need to make money. But I would – like, there, then there's also that argument we need to come out where, like, we just need a break from everything in the world. That's what sports do. They, they let us have that break from reality. And just not having sports around – like, I, I can understand, like, you don't want these people being put at risk, these sports players being put at risk for COVID-19. But that's what these th- these phases are going to happen with everything that's going on in the NHL right now. Phase two is basically just going to be working it out to see what happens. And then once we get into that phase three, phase four situation, everyone's going to be together. Everyone's going to be put in those hub cities in their disclosed locations, hotels or whatever. They're going to remain in that city for that time. They're going to remain in that one city, one small space where the numbers of COVID-19 aren't as drastic and they were approved by the NHL to be a hub city. And once all these players, they're in these in these spaces and the NHL has the daily checks for COVID-19, that's when we're going to see the numbers drop in the NHL drastically, especially in the other leagues as well, especially the NBA. Who knows if the MLB comes back, the same thing is probably going to happen. It's just that when we're going into this phase two process, yeah, there's going to be a lot of news spreading around that some players are testing positive because you got players coming in from different states coming back to their practice facilities. So like saying there's there's flyers that are living all around the country and maybe across the globe too. They're coming back and they're probably like at risk for COVID-19 because they were so far away, maybe at risk in contact with someone else and they're bringing it back. So once you get into that quarantine state, and once you're in there and you either you have it and you have to deal with it and you don't have it and you're fine. So going through this phase two situation, it's just going to be a let's just go through the process slowly and make sure things pan out like this was never going to be an easy process with the NHL, which I feel like a lot of people were expecting. And, and, and that's that really goes for the same thing of just just cancel the season already. If I see that comment one more time on Twitter. I, I, I don't know what is going to happen. <laughs> like, it's not that easy. It's and not. it's not going to happen. So it, stop it. And <laughs> it's, the, it's and the NHL, and the NHL came out saying that in, the, in their announcement of the return of the season that regardless if players get diagnosed with COVID, they're not going to end the season. That's already beneficial. They've mm-hmm. said that. It's not going to happen. No, because they can't. But I, the, listen, I and I understand that people will get pissed over that comment and saying that, uh, you know, money is more important than people's lives. And you know what? I can agree with that to an extent, and I don't want to sound like like an a-hole here, but <laughs> but the thing is, is that the NHL is a business, yes. and everything that happens is base is realistically it's business first. Because you can't, like, that can't necessarily happen that easily, that quickly. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it's just, it, it's, oh, God, it, it's just so frustrating. Because part of me thinks that there won't be hockey. Part of me thinks there will. It, it's it's like I'm picking flowers petal by petal uh, off of a dandelion. Like, the, there is no hockey. There will be hockey. There is no hockey. There will be hockey. It's just like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And like I can understand feeling that way. I can like like I can sympathize for people like in the overreaction just because a top player, one of the faces of the NHL, was diagnosed with COVID nineteen and it was wrongly wrongfully reported on. But still, like I can understand that overreaction because of that top player being diagnosed. But there, it was already out. The NHL already stated that regardless of the players that get diagnosed with the with the with the virus, the season's not going to get canceled. Because I can understand, like, some people don't think the NHL is taking COVID-19 seriously. You can say that about the rest of the leagues as well. You can say the same exact thing, but they're not Mm -hmm. going to stop because 
these businesses don't want to lose money. That's one of the re- that's one of the main reasons they don't want to lose any more money that they're losing right now. Yeah, and that's the thing because the and as we said, like the NHL is already the fourth sport in the United States, and TV ratings wise, it's very low. The ratings are going to spark up just like they did in the lockout season because the ratings yeah. sparked up a lot that season. They're going to go probably even more uh, going into that, especially. If the NHL is one of the only live sports back, people are just going to watch it just because it's live. It's something live. It's not a, it's not a friggin' rerun anymore. Yeah. Like, like we've basically seen for the last four months or so. And look at what the NBA is doing. They have their announcement to start back at the end of July. Like imagine the ratings for both hockey and basketball when they're the two live sports. Like imagine that. Like basketball and hockey are the two sports back in the summer before baseball. Just <laughs> think about that. <laughs> Like, let it sit there. Let it sit there in your mind and think. Mm. It's it's that ridiculous. That like I I can understand basketball because it's one of the top sports in the country, but hockey came back before baseball. Think about that. This is so unbelievably off topic, but I just saw something for mini pop tart bites. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, it just came up on my Twitter feed as I'm looking through, and. That was so up to, up uh, off topic, but <laughs> speaking of pop tarts, um, have you ever had the pretzel pop tart? No, I haven't. No, I've not. Uh, yeah, don't try it. It's unbelievably overrated, awful, garbage. It's, it's it sounds pretzel pop tarts. Oh god, it oh it see. <sighs> It, it, it was better for me because you sound very disappointed right now. I was very disappointed because you know I was expecting like uh, you know a, a better filling, and it was like there was no filling, and I was just eating like stale, a hollow, a hollow pretzel. Ta- yeah, tasteless crust. That was what it tastes like. It tastes like it was just crust. Like you know when you're a kid and you eat a pop tart and there's just no. Like it's not like you try to you know like eat it normally like a normal human being where you just take bites of it. No, you have to bite around the the crust and throw it out. Well, personally, I like the crust more than the filling. <laughs> so, to me, like it the it, it 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 was it sucked because it was too much crust, and it didn't taste like a pretzel. <laughs> this is so off topic. It's so off topic, <laughs> but. You know what? It's quarantine, and it's You're almost midnight. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay because yeah, if for everyone it, listening to this, we're recording this at eleven forty-one on Saturday night, so I can understand why Chris went off topic talking about pop tarts. It's frosted confetti cake. That sounds like a party in my mouth. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I don't like many cake-flavored things unless it's actually cake itself. Uh, but that sounds very good. Uh, anyways, back to uh, <laughs> back, back to hockey. Back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> so, like I was saying, <laughs> hockey comes back before Major League Baseball. I just want you, everyone there, to sit and think about that because that's a bad look for baseball. That's a great look for hockey. That's the end of my statement right there. <laughs> it's just, it, it's just weird. And like I can go on a long rant about baseball because it's it that that could be a whole podcast in itself. But it, this is not a baseball podcast. This is a Flyers podcast right now, and we're talking about the NHL. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, now there also has been more news that came up um, about you know the the uh, the one exhibition game that's getting played. Uh, the the up the limit of the roster. Uh, I believe it's. 28 players you can have on a team for the tournament now? I think so. I th- and I believe for the exhibition game, it's 30. Uh, so you can have an extra two, I guess, cut out, whatever. Yeah, and, um, I think, and I think players that are on the injured reserve list don't go against the roster. Mm-hmm, so you, yeah. you yeah. can have as many people on the injured reserve and they won't count against your roster. I think that's one of the, one of the uh, positives about that, too. Should be okay for the Flyers because we be. had... A few guys on the reserve, uh, obviously Patrick and Limblom, um, James Van Riemsdyk, who said he would be okay to play. Uh, Phil Myers, he was hurt at that time as well, uh, out four weeks. Um, and uh, trying to think, was there any others by memory? I don't um, think there was any other major name that was on. The, I think the the major was James Van Riemsdyk because yeah. he 
because he injured his hand. But yeah, broke his hand, yes. And the this the thing going into this, it's like I feel like it's definite that Limblom's gonna be one of those injured reserve players. He's not gonna be on the roster, just gonna let him let him rest, let him recover, because I know he's getting closer to the end of his treatment, so that's a good sign here. Just let him rest and let him relax. Nolan Patrick is a slight maybe. I'm not sure if he's going to be on the roster or on the injury reserve. I'm not sure what the Flyers are going to do with that situation right there, but I do I I, I know for sure James Van Ramsdyk is going to play. Yeah, the only three uh, per cap friendly guys, um, the only three players that are on injury reserve are Patrick, Limblom, and Sam Warren. Okay. That and as I, and as I said, that's per cap friendly. Um, and one thing is too is that could we see Morgan Frost in the playoffs? That is a high possibility. I do. Uh, if you can have that at least twenty-eight player roster, that's probably going to be at least another forward line and another two defensive pair. So you can probably have a, a line with an extra line of Frost on there and whoever else from the Phantoms that you want to call up. So that's good. That'll be. I would like to see Morgan Frost. Like, I wouldn't think he would play a game unless it's, like, completely necessary. Mm-hmm. But he would definitely be, like, one of those healthy scratch if we need him to play. Yeah, but that exhibition game, I, I think I'd like to see him, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like, I could see that exhibition game most likely to be, like, a guy, like, not Carter Hart starting. I could see Brian Elliott starting one of those games. Well, mm-hmm. at the exhibition game. I could yeah. see a player like Morgan Frost getting in there just to get his feet wet on the ice even though it's going to be exhibition, it's like somewhere close to playoff hockey. Yeah. And also for the round robin tournament, do you think the Flyers are going to go Carter Hart every game, or do you think they're going to go like maybe split it, go half Elliot, half Carter Hart? Because I know I remember reading a report saying the Flyers are perfectly one hundred percent okay with both goaltenders if they have. To I go saw that too. Road. It just makes me think because technically this is the road. It they is. are. They technically are on the road. Yes. So, does that mean they put Elliot in that, or does Hart go in that? I, I don't know. But I mean, your, regular season stats thing. don't necessarily matter for the playoffs. They don't, and they don't. So, it's really. I'm, I'm trusting AV. I, I've trusted him all year. I mean, I agree. What really bad move has he made? Uh, I don't think he's made a. I don't think he's made a bad move all year. Uh, the the one that comes to mind for me is putting Ghost in uh, versus the Devils, and yeah, maybe, but, but and, and he even owned up to that. Um, yes, and that's kind of like a I guess minor. I don't see like a one that you know stands out. You know, that's just kind of obvious that everyone can go, hey, look at this. You know, um, it's kind of just like that. That was really it. I mean, I, I don't see. Uh, I I I just don't see a problem with them using Elliot or Hart. I believe in both goaltenders. I believe in the coaching staff and Elaine Vigneault to to guide them in the position of the way to get the wins. And Definitely. to be honest with you, I, I frankly, I don't really give a shit who's in that. And I, it <laughs> doesn't matter to me at all. I, I really don't care because I know whoever's in there is going to stop the puck. <laughs> That's all yes. that matters to me. <laughs> and I know the what. The one thing I know people are going to argue about with Carter Hart, he's not playing in Philadelphia, he's not playing in the Wells Fargo Center, or his number's going to going to dip a little bit because he's not playing on home ice. Technically, he played his first game of the season out in Europe. So he he was technically it was a home game, but he was not playing in Philadelphia nor the country. So I think Carter Hart will be perfectly fine in a hub city right? that's not in Philadelphia. Yeah. So I mean, it might I, be a little bit different because that was only uh, two games that he played really outside the preseason game and the regular season game as well. Um, it might be obviously it'll be a little bit different, but I I do see your point there. That, that's a good point as well. Yeah, I feel like Elaine Vigneault, like like you said, he's going to make the right decision. I do feel like it. I feel like for the round robin, it's going to be a split. But when you get into the actual playoffs, he's going to get give Carter Hart the net. He's gonna mm-hmm. get. He's gonna give the young guy the net. He's gonna give him that playoff experience that he desperately needs, and it's gonna be his net until he makes a bad mistake. It's well, he... it. It is Hart's net. It's yes. not like it's. Uh, it's not like it's. A, it's not a one A one B. No, it's Carter Hart's net. Yep. It's literally just let's put the better goaltender in because he's better here. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> it's not a one A one B. Both goal. Both goaltenders were phenomenal this season, and it's nothing against them. And, and you know. Elliot Elliot had, had a couple hiccups on the road, or I'm sorry, at home. Um, 
Hart had a couple hiccups on the road uh, as well. So it's like, it's all right. It, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it because I know both these goaltenders can play. Um, I mean, we've seen it before with Elliot all season. We've seen it with Carter Hart. Uh, maybe this might be, this might sound so stupid. Maybe it's a difference in the Jersey for Hart. I don't know. Um, maybe he just has more confidence with a darker Jersey on. I don't know if that makes any sense. I know goaltenders are very weird players on the ice and have a lot of superstitions and stuff like that. So that maybe something like that. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but you never know. It, it, it could definitely be something. Exactly. You never know with that situation. And, we are getting a lot closer to the NHL playoffs actually getting underway. We're getting close to phase three. But then also this Friday, the 26th, is going to be the draft lottery for the NHL. So with the draft lottery, it's, it, they're basically just going to be announcing the, the top three picks in the draft. And then that's how the rest of the draft is going to settle through. So it's going to be it's going to start with one, then two, then three. So one is either going to be one, two and three. It's either going to be one of the uh, the seven teams that were in. The, that were out of the playoffs and out of the qualifying round, or it's going to be one of those team, one team that's going to drop from the qualifying round into the draft lottery. So who knows what's going to happen with that draft lottery? It's, it's going to be interesting now. I'll say the least. And like I said, I'm waiting for, and this, this, whatever overall pick goes to, we have no idea because I want, I want them to say that. I just, <laughs> I really just want, them, I really just want them to say that. That will be determined on the next episode of the NHL. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. Oh, <laughs> to God, be continued. So funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> Could you imagine, Jose Fernandez? <laughs> it goes for it goes to a two it goes to a two BC type of thing. Yeah, two BC Productions. Yeah. Oh man, that would be so funny. That would. But I, I mean, <laughs> do you have any idea who could get it? I, I honestly believe. Who can win the draft lottery? I feel like it's going to be one of the uh, one of the Ottawa picks who's going to be in the number one spot because Ottawa has a very high chance of landing the first and the second overall pick. They have a very good chance. I think I'm going. I think I'm going to go Detroit. I think they need it more. I I, for for Detroit reasons. I know they have one of the probably one of the worst seasons in NHL history, but just like in past draft history with teams that have a very terrible record. They never usually win the draft lottery just because luck, mm-hmm. because luck was never on their side the entire season, and luck conti- their bad luck continued into the draft lottery. Yeah, Buffalo, <laughs> Colorado, both times. <laughs> yep, that, that's a good, very good point. <laughs> because Colorado, they had the the worst like statistical record, one of the worst in NHL history. They fell to fourth in the draft lottery, and they had the Ottawa pick. I think was it last year or two years ago, and they still fell to the fourth pick. Yeah, I mean, now it doesn't really matter for them. Yeah, Look at them yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, st- still, like, you would at least want a, a draft pick of a team that was terrible. At least land you into the top three and not it, do the same thing. It, it did just really boggles good. my mind how they, they, they everyone thinks like they land fourth and 17 and they pick arguably the best player of the top five yeah. right now. Right now, arguably the best player. Yep. And it's, it's like, and I'm, it's not a shot at uh, at Patrick or Heisher or anything because I firmly believe that Patrick and Heisher have the real, realistically the exact same skill set as all three of them, just haven't been able to break out because they're either a on a bad team or b have been injured and haven't really been able to show their full uh, showcase. And Nico Heisher, he's one of the best players on his team for a bad team. He just hasn't had. Yeah. He doesn't have the people to compliment him. Sadly. And, that max contract he got was a little uh, a little early to be honest, a little, but a little early. But yeah, like, imagine if Jack Hughes was a winger and he played alongside Nico Heischer. That that would probably be better and would have probably benefited Jack Hughes more. But sadly, Jack Hughes is a center. Yeah, and I don't see the Devils doing moving him to the wing at all. I don't see that either because that's kind of just like putting all your eggs in one basket, really. Yep. Because it's like you want to put make have depth with your rookies. You don't want to be putting uh. Would you, as a head coach of the New Jersey Devils, would you really want to put a fresh rookie coming into the league off a guy who's basically played like what, like two years in the league? I mean, would you really want to do that? I mean, look what the Flyers did with Patrick; didn't necessarily help, but they put him with two vets, put him with Weiss. Uh, uh, sad, sadly, sadly, yes, sadly two. Oh, God, Christ! Uh, it's it just it's it's just I, I don't know. It, like, it's funny because I'm a day. I, I was thinking of like. You know, and, and I did this a while ago. Uh, I did all of 
the moves that Hextall made as GM. And I did a part one of it because it's a very long list. Um, from 2014, May 7th, 2014 to November 26, 2018. Uh, it was a lot of moves. Um, some of them were like two, three moves a day in some years. 2014 had a lot of those. <laughs> it was just crazy. And you probably remember this when they traded Hartnell for oh, Umberger. Yes. Yep. And I believe a fourth round pick was also in that trade. I think so. Oh God. It it was it was a lot of moves. Oh, yeah. Was... And and that move specifically because it was horrible. It, it, oh my god. Hartnell went I, on I've... to get sixty points with Columbus and Umberger barely hit ten goals with the Flyers. It's the I think we can do an entire I think we could do an episode on the Hextel moves in a future god. date, but Gladly. Like, I, like I, I can spread, like, I know a lot of people didn't like Ron Hextall's tenure just because he wasn't focused on the team on the ice, but he built one of the better prospect systems in the National Hockey League. But, I mean, like I said, that, that'll be an episode for a future date because that's, a, like you said, that's a lot of moves to go over and a lot of moves to discuss. Yes, yes, it is. I, I, and, I, and I found myself talking about 2014 for about 20 minutes and I just decided to cut the video there. I was just like, I'm going to redo this and speed it up. I was like, I, I can't, I can't be doing this. Cannot be doing. It, it was, I, I completely understand that. Oh god, and, and that's why I did that. a part one, and I might even consider doing three parts because that's how long it is, and I don't know if I have the patience, um, or realistically the storage and phone battery to be recording for that long. And that is able to edit it and save it, and <laughs> oh god. Is... That is completely understandable. And speaking of long, we are coming closer to the end of this episode of the Florida Podcast. So to wrap it up, Flyers have been showing up at the at the skate zone in Voorhees to continue practicing for their Phase 2 progress until we get closer to Phase 3, which is going to start on July 10th. And then with the, the possibility that we see Phase 4 starting on July 30th around the end. So it's still not fully confirmed, but it's a high possibility because that's what mostly is being reported on. So... It's going to be an interesting time. We might be seeing the hub cities getting announced soon as well. So who knows what's going to happen in the next few days, in the next few weeks. But we're getting closer and closer to Phase 3 starting in the NHL. We got the draft lottery this Friday, so we get to see who possibly lands in, that top, in those top three picks of the NHL draft lottery. So for this episode of the Florida Podcast, we will be back next time, maybe talking about those Ron Hextall picks. Who knows, Chris? So for this edition of the Florida Podcast, I'm your host, Amadeo Garcia. He is Chris Mayer, and we will see you next time.